and welcome to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. My name is Marendi Leverett, healthpreneur, business strategist and intuitive, and I will be your host. In this podcast series, I will be interviewing female healthpreneurs and sharing their amazing, inspiring and motivating stories about how they started their own health business. Listen to how some of these beautiful women have overcome barriers or adversity to create their own unique health business and thrive. These women are not making millions of dollars or dominating the world, but they are certainly making a difference to their clients' lives and living their true purpose of serving and helping others in need. Also in this podcast, I will be sharing hints and tips on how to be a successful healthpreneur whilst remaining authentic when starting and running a health business. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate and educate you on all you need to know about starting, growing and pivoting in a business as a health clinician. This podcast is available to subscribe and download via Anchor, Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcast. So remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. This is a special episode that I recorded for another colleague who asked me to talk to her and her members about self-care. Enjoy. Alrighty, so thank you, Martina, for inviting me today to talk about self-care. It's a very important thing for us to have to do. Um, And I guess also what aligns with self-care is self-love. So um, I feel if that, you know, a lot of us do lack self-love because we're giving and giving and giving to everyone else and we forget to give love to ourselves. So just through the pure act of self-care, you're giving yourself self-love. So that's the first thing I would, um, you know, really talk about in terms of self-care. So first, just want to go through you know, talk about what is self-care. So essentially the World Health Organization actually um, acknowledges that self-care is a term and an, um, an action or an activity. So they see it as the ability of individuals, families and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. So, yep, it's really important to have healthcare providers in your, um, I guess I say to my clients, in your toolkit, in your um, network. But I also do acknowledge that there are varying times in our life where we may not be able to afford to see a healthcare provider regularly. And the other thing is I also say to clients, you shouldn't have to be relying on a healthcare provider all the time. So, for example, as um, myself, I'm an exercise physiologist. I'm not a personal trainer. I'm not a fitness instructor. So there is no expectation that my clients need to see me on a regular basis. The aim of my role is to help support my clients to, you know, motivate themselves to make changes and I help them and support them on that journey. I do provide, you know, one-on-one sessions. Sometimes it's initially just to get them started. But the aim of my involvement is that I will slowly remove myself and that it becomes um, part of that person's everyday life in terms of um, exercise. And it should be the same with any healthcare provider. 
like when you go to your doctor, you know, you go to them to get, you know, referrals to other specialists, or you might be going to them to get a, a prescription for a medication, whatever, but you don't see your doctor every day or every week. It might be something that you just do once a month, every few months. So, uh, Marandi? Yeah. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Just want to, I am getting messages from others who are joining and because I made you a host, just uh, just oh, add, to uh, them? them in. Yeah, yeah if you yeah. don't mind. I just Thank saw you. that on my other screen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll need Thanks. to flit across. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks. Um, yeah. yeah, so obviously, yeah, um, when it comes to your own health, you need to also consider self-care. We can't be reliant on other people to help improve our health, whether it is physical, mental, um, emotional. So the other thing I wanted to talk about too is that self-care is not associated with self-indulgence or being selfish. This is a barrier um, that a lot of people hit when they think, oh, I don't deserve to, you know, go out with my friends or I don't deserve to you know buy myself those pair of new running shoes whatever self-care is exactly that it's not about being selfish or self-indulgent everyone needs self-care and you know as I said before we can't rely on others to provide us with the care that we need we need to be able to nourish ourselves so self-care also as I've said, talks about taking care of yourself so that we can be healthy, mentally well, you're able to do your job, you can help and care for others in your um, you know, community, your family. And it also allows you to be able to do all the things you need to do and want to accomplish, whether it's in a specific day, week, whatever. But when we're not taking care of ourselves, that's where we can fall down. And, you know, people, you know, do suffer from depression, anxiety, and that's when they're not acknowledging that they need to need help. Yes, from healthcare providers, but there's also stuff that you can do yourself to help improve your, you know, emotional needs too. Um, and of course, as I said, it's taking steps to take care of your physical and emotional health so that you can be the best version of yourself for not only yourself, but for everyone around you, whether it is your immediate family, friends, work colleagues, community, whatever it is. And of course, as we all know, self-care helps reduce stress and anxiety. So self-care, you know, not only looks at helping us stay physically healthy, but it also covers things like nutrition, hygiene, seeking medical care, it's all the steps we as individuals have to take to help manage stresses in our life. And as I've said before, taking care of your own health and well-being. You'll often see, you know, people are kind of probably going down, I don't want to say a hole, but, you know, they're not taking care of themselves and they're not acknowledging that there's something wrong, whether there's a stressful event in their life or they've had maybe a breakup, maybe they've lost a job. There are many different stresses in our life and, you know, some people will cope with those stresses better than others. Yes, I feel that pe some people are born with better abilities to, you know, um, to manage stresses in their life and others need a little bit more um, work to help with managing that. So 
self-care is anything that you do for yourself that makes you feel nourished and happy. I say to people, it's what brings you joy. Um, if you're doing something that's not bringing you joy, um, then why are we doing it? All righty. So does anyone acknowledge that they are performing some self-care at the moment or have in the past or if they feel they've kind of let it slide away in the last little while? Does someone want to? I love that you mentioned that actually the self-care is actually starting with self-love, which many people don't realize that. And it's the is a reflection of the actually the self-worth, they uh, how we feel and think about ourselves. So um I know that was something what I had to learn during my journey because I, I thought that I'm taking care of myself, but when I look deeper, I was really a uh, master of self-beating up myself. So, and I would love to hear, um, you know, other ladies, you know, how do you ref uh, respond or how do you take the self-care in your perspective? Does anyone want to share? You may not know that you are performing self-care and I guess that's something I'll be going through today too, that it's the you know, smallest little thing to help you feel good about yourself. So I guess have a think. I, that's I okay for Jolie. Yep. I've just got someone coming through chat box saying she can't talk, but that's okay. You pop your questions and comments in the chat box. <laughs> yes, I know that it's uh, Kirsten uh, and... She's saying that she ended up sick mm. because of neglecting self-care. Nice self -care. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, of course, putting my health hat on, you know, there are benefits to self-care. So when self-care is practiced regularly, the benefits are many. And I've only mentioned a small number here. But of course, they have been linked to positive health outcomes, such as reduced stress, improved immune system. And as someone mentioned before, their nervous system. Yep. Again, it helps improve all the body systems, helps improve um, productivity, improves your own self-esteem. And it actually has physical um, or physiological responses as well, such as reducing your resting heart rate and a reduction in blood pressure. As we know, and there's lots of research out there, when we're in stressful situations, whether they're one-off or prolonged, <coughs> excuse me, you do get an elevation in blood pressure. And of course, high blood pressure leads to a whole lot of different health outcomes, such as you know, heart disease, diabetes, all those sorts of things. Sorry, I've got a little croak in my throat. Oop. Trying to get to the next slide. <clears throat> so why do we need self-care now more than ever before? So I thought it was interesting that Google Trends says that the number of searches for self-care has more than doubled since 2015. So that's almost, well, not 10 years ago, but yeah. So obviously people are acknowledging and being 
becoming more aware that they need to take care of themselves first and foremost. And as we know, in today's society, anxiety and depression is at an all-time high. Even before COVID hit, there were extra pressures because of technology. People weren't switching off after work, you know, and just increased demands in terms of family life. So, of course, now since we've had COVID and it is, it's literally going to be two years next month since it came about, um, and of course, you could probably say that that has caused, you know, a lot more stresses in people's life or prolonged stress, depending on what part of the world you're in or where you are. And again, how you have coped with the whole situation. I know many in different parts of the world have had, you know, various, you know, amounts of different lockdowns. I know here <coughs> where I am in Queensland, we've um Queensland Australia we've been quite fortunate our lockdowns were sharp and short whereas our you know neighbors down in Victoria from what I've heard they've had the longest lockdowns in the whole of the world um and of course that does cause a lot of stress so of course being a health clinician I do rely on evidence-based research so there was some research published in the um BMJ Oh, I can't think of the name. It's um, I know J stands for journal, but BM, I think it's body mechanics, <clears throat> but it's a very well-known journal. Um, and they published a self-care framework, which specifically pointed out that in addition to self-care being activities that we do on our own to help promote physical and emotional health, it also um, includes other ways that we as individuals can interact with our health clinicians and healthcare systems to tend to physical and emotional health. Um, so I'm sure a lot of you are aware, we all had to move to online, whether it was telehealth um, or just, you know, work, um, any kind of consultation, everything was moved online. So I guess in essence, that was probably a blessing for a lot of us because I know I've been trying to use telehealth with my clients for, excuse me, many, many years. But people, you know, were stuck in that they needed to see you face to face, which is great. Um, but I think it kind of forced us to pivot and change our way of thinking and realize that, you know, we can you know, um, offer health services via, you know, technology, Zoom, that sort of thing, which means now that we have, you know, access to more and more clinicians in the world rather than just in our own backyard. And of course, there are a lot of people and factors that can bear on one person's ability to engage in self-care. So like I said before, <clears throat> I think it comes down to your um, demographics, your um background in terms of how you were raised, your social groups, um, you know, there are varying, it's in your environment that impacts on your ability to be able to engage in self-care and also your, um, your income as well. And, you know, and I will be talking about this shortly, you know, you don't have to have a lot of money to be able to engage in self-care. There are some activities that are absolutely 
free or free-ish, I guess, but it's trying to get people <clears throat> to think outside the box. That self-care is not just about going and pampering yourself at the lo local beauty salon or going and getting a massage. There are lots of ways to help, um, you know, enhance your self-care and it's, you know, trying to remove those um, stigmas that self-care is all about pampering when it's not. And of course, self-care has become more mainstream these days. And I guess more accepting um, because back in the old days, if someone was taking time out to self-care, they were seen as being prudish. <laughs> or it was only seen as something that the rich did, you know, getting to, you know, lie around and read books all day or, you know, have someone chauffeur drive them places. That's so not self-care, but that's what the stigma was. So how can you as an individual perform self-care? Well, essentially, first and foremost, it requires you checking in with yourself. So as, I, um, as we said before, I'm a holistic healer as well. And so I do say to people, you need to take some time out every day just to check in and um, not just check in with your mind, but with your body and feel you know, listen to your body and just ask it, is there anything that, you know, then that it's needing right now? So you kind of what we call like a body check. So just checking in with the different parts of your body, you know, if you've got an ache in your knee, um, is your tummy feeling a bit upset? Those sorts of things, because I think we are so busy in our day-to-day -day lives, we actually forget to check in with ourselves every day and that's I guess when you know when we don't do that that's when your body starts I guess screaming out and you know um you know causing you know pain or ailments because it's your body trying to talk to you and because we're not always using our intuition um so when you get an ache or a niggle or a tummy upset that's your body telling you that you need to stop and think okay what's happening um, what do I need to do? So you need to ask yourself, how are you doing? Say so you check in, hey, Marindy, how are you feeling today? Is it a good day, bad day? Are you a bit tired? You know, that's like the thing. And, you know, also about how you're feeling, you know, are you feeling a bit meh? Oh, I'm feeling really great today. Had a really good night's sleep. And if, as I said, ask your body what it's needing right now. Um. Another thing to think about too, and it just pops into my head is, you know, about healthy eating, um, you know, you need to fuel your body with the right food. So definitely you will, you know, I believe in craving. Um, I don't think craving is such a bad thing. It's because your body's telling you, you need something, um, a particular nutrient. So, you know, sometimes people are saying, oh, I'm craving some, you know, salad and you know i will talk about healthy foods but i know there are those times when someone says oh, i'm craving hot you know hot chips it may be the hot chips but is it more the um what's in the potatoes that you're craving and there are different vitamins and minerals in potatoes or maybe it is that your body needs to be fueled with carbohydrates i know and i'm not a um, nutritionist or a dietitian and i'm you know not here to tell you about what diets or eating plans to eat. But I think what it is, you need to think about, and there's a book I was just trying to have a look for, I had a many years ago. And it talks about, yeah, listening to your body and um, listening to what fuel it needs. 
Um, and of course, we, as I said, we're not listening to ourselves very often because we're in such a busy, chaotic world these days. We're not consciously eating. We're literally just grabbing something out of the fridge, the cupboard, pantry, or we might be out and about and we just grab the easiest thing that's there because we're just thinking, I just need to eat. I need to fill up my tummy. No, we need to be thinking about what is it that my body is craving right now? So I have digressed a little bit, but that's something I just wanted to think about. Um, have you think about because it is all about listening to your body and its needs and it's not a silly thing to think about either so <clears throat> some people use their self-care practice to deal with difficult news stories um, work stress or personal issues many different things so you'll see a lot of those people out there who are big into meditation big into yoga tai chi those sorts of things which are mindfulness activities they're great um, and it does take a bit of practice to get into those habits. But yeah, I know a lot of people who, you know, before they even get out of bed of the morning, they start with some meditation. I know for me, that's a bit difficult because I have five kids and my kids are up early in the morning. So I personally find meditation is better for me at nighttime when everyone is in bed, sound asleep, and I've got, you know, 10 minutes before I go to sleep to sit there and do meditation. So again, it's how you can fit it into your own life. Don't think you have to follow someone else's routine of self-care because you need to fit it into your life where it's going to fit in. Others use self-care to help maintain their happiness day to day and to keep their buckets full. Again, like I said, a lot of people are doing meditation to help set them right for the day. Um, it could also be, you know, reading some affirmations at the start of the day. There are a lot of apps out there that have an um, affirmation that pops up on your phone, um, which is good reminder. Um, other people have affirmations up around their room or they have a book that they will read a couple of pages out every day that helps um, brighten their spirit, make them feel good for the day and feeling full. Other people will use journals, um, gratitude journals. A lot of times people use that at the end of the day, but, you know, you can always use that at the start of the day and, talk, and you know, write down your goals for the day or what you're wanting to achieve or what you're hoping to get out of your day in a positive way. Um, but, the but the thing I really want to highlight is that self-care does not mean the same thing for everyone. Everyone has their own thoughts of what, self-care is and they have their own go-to self-care practices <clears throat> and even as yourself as you go through life your own definition of self-care may change over time depending on where you what stage of your life you're in what your needs are what stresses you might have in your life so you know when we were younger I guess as a kid I can remember self-care for me was swinging on my swing for hours endless time. well it felt like hours but that was my go-to or going and sitting under a tree <clears throat> and just being in nature that's what I used to love to do as a kid so think back to when you were a child was there anything that you just loved doing because that was probably your first um, experiences of self-care whereas now we get to adults and you know it's not as you know easy to find that you know swinging on a swing people will think you're a bit crazy but that if that's something you like to do then that's great um so yeah so just think about self-care practices that you might already have in place some people it might be just sitting down 
first thing in the morning and having that cup of tea and really enjoying it, you know, relishing it, enjoying the aromas if it's a herbal tea, but really sitting quietly and enjoying that cup of tea before you start your day. So just really have a think about, yeah, what you do through your day and see if you already have some self-care practices, activities that you're doing. And of course, engaging in self-care regularly can help you better prepare for the day and minimize your reaction to stressful events. If we're starting with a positive full bucket, then we're going to be able to manage our day better. If we don't, then of course, that's where we're going to come undone. Me time. Yes, definitely. Um, this little, I love this little um, graphic of the battery and I, it's courtesy of Katie, the creative lady. I came across it over the weekend. Um, so this is another way for you to check in with yourself as well. Maybe visualize a battery and how full or empty you are. I'm a big believer of visualization. Um, and like I said before, you can do a body scan of yourself and just ask your body, is there any niggles or um, upsets that you need to take into consideration? Um, and if you're into Reiki, I don't know if anyone's had some Reiki or is a Reiki healer. I know a lot of people go and do Reiki just for own self-care again. Um, yep, yeah, self-Reiki, yep. Yeah. Um, I have to say I'm guilty. I don't do a lot of self-reiki because <laughs> I just don't have the time to sit there and do it. Um, but self-reiki is a great way to help, um, you know, check in with your body um, and see, you know, what areas you need to um, focus on. So back to our battery here, this is something you can use. And again, you can go and Google. There are so many different um, little graphics to help you visualize things, but you know, of course, oh, I jumped a slide. Sorry. It's my cat sitting on my keyboard. Oh. <laughs> Where are we? Um, yeah. So of course, when you're empty, that's when you're feeling drained, tired, frustrated. It could be just heightened awareness, that type of thing. And then, of course, when your battery is full, that's when you're feeling great. You are practicing self-care regularly. You feel like you have lots of energy. You feel like you can conquer the day. Um, nothing can stop you. So, yes. So having a practice of self-care daily does help improve your physical and mental health and well-being. Any questions so far? I'll just check the chat box what is self reiki cecilia okay so reiki is essentially an energy healing and it goes through your different chakras if you don't know about chakras um you've got um nine chakras in your body starting at your feet all the way above your head um but you can go off and do a level one reiki and it teaches you how to do self reiki and it's essentially um Reiki gets activated by your Reiki master, but you're essentially using your hands to um, essentially um, perform a healing on yourself. And you can do it on your pets. I don't, I'm holding my hands here and I can't tell if you can see my cat sitting right here. So I can just say switch on my Reiki or you can rub your hands together and you can feel them warming up. And you essentially just hover your hands over your various parts of your body and you can feel the heat 
or the cold or different sensations. Everyone's experience with Reiki is different. That's why I do suggest if you're interested in it to go and do a level one, because that's all about self-care Reiki and Reiki you can do on your family and your friends. Um, yeah, awesome. Came across some exercises. That's all good too. So yeah, Reiki's just about energy healing. So, um, and you can just hold it over your body. And again, everyone with Reiki visualizes or senses different things. So I don't want to put things into people's minds. Um, so as I said, some people feel heat, some people feel an electricity, um, some people visualize colors, but essentially there's energy all around us and it's just tuning into it. So, um, and you can just use Reiki to just, um, go over your body to do a scan and see where you might need some healing. Um, I haven't had it done it personally, but I've had people do Reiki on people post-surgery um, or people who have um, a lot of pain and can't get massages or have any kind of physical therapy because the pain is too much. But having a form of Reiki or even bone therapy is another energy healing um, has helped improve their pain. Again, it's up to you what you would like to do. But um, my Reiki master taught me to um, Reiki my shower. So when me and my children are having showers, we're getting showered in Reiki energy. So it's really good. It's how you'd like to use it. Um, so there are different types of self-care. So the categories of self-care are emotional, physical, and spiritual. So your emotional self-care is your self-talk. So this is where you, you know, um, you know, again, affirmations, positive talk, that type of thing, reading positive um, books, listening to even podcasts where people, oh, again, sorry, um, you know, things that make you feel uplifted. Of course, yes, it's also your weekly bubble bath. If you have a bath, it's, yeah, giving yourself the time out, even if it's just half an hour to, you know, soak in a bubble bath or maybe you've got a foot soak, soak your feet. Um, here in Australia, um, we, or I personally love, but lots of people love um, going to bodies of water, whether it's a creek, dams, um, the beach, just to wash away your worries. And just soak, um, it's always good. Mineral baths are great if you can access those. Hot baths, the natural hot baths are awesome too. Um, but also saying no. So this is one of the big things I find with a lot of my clients is that they feel they have to say yes to everything because they don't want to disappoint people. Well, again, this is where I say, you know, if someone asks you to do something or asks you, us of you for something um don't immediately say yes or no just think go is this going to serve me is this in my best interest is this going to bring me joy and if it's a no just say no people aren't going to get upset if your workload is full then you just got to say no you can't be everything to everyone and it could be just as simple as giving yourself permission to take a break it could be that, yep, just go outside for 10 minutes to, you know, sit in the grass, stand on the lawn, 
or as I say, take a tea break or a coffee break and just sit and enjoy that coffee without trying to sink it down quickly and get back to what you were doing. And of course, a weekly catch up with a friend is always a great emotional release for people. Um, And if, you know, how we are at the moment with COVID, sometimes an actual face-to-face catch up may not be possible. So definitely connecting with friends and family via the phone, via Zoom, via Skype is also another way to help um, connect on an emotional level because we're not, we're, um, we're social beings. We're not designed to live in isolation. So definitely whatever way it is to try and connect, connect with a friend or family member. So then of course we look at our physical. And of course, one of the big things I'm, um, I, tell my clients is that you need to prioritize your sleep sleep is so so important and if you're not getting enough of it you're going to start your day on the back foot so adopting a really good sleep routine I know on my iPhone I can set a a bedtime and a wake-up time and I'll get a reminder saying it's time to get ready for bed Um, and you know also having a good going to bed routine you don't want to be sitting there and watching tv and then go to bed um sometimes it could be having a bath before you go to bed or reading a book maybe it's having a cup of tea before you go to sleep having a shower but create a really positive nurturing relaxing um way to get yourself ready for bed so that when you go into you know going to bed you're going to fall asleep quite quickly and you know removing technology as well they say about half an hour to an hour before you go to bed is also a good thing too of course having a great exercise routine is important as well and this is my background and I'm not talking about people going to the gym regularly I'm a big believer of um, movement is medicine and functional exercise is just as good as gym exercise so And it just has to be something really simple of like, you know, can start off 10 minutes a day. It could be just going for a walk around the block. It could be, you know, going up and down your flight of stairs a few times. It could be doing some chair exercises in front of the TV at nighttime. Whatever it is, you just need to start doing 10 minutes a day. It could be yoga. It could be stretching. There are so many different exercise programs on YouTube and there's apps. You don't necessarily need to go and see an exercise professional unless, of course, you've got, um, you know, physical injuries or you've got um, certain health conditions whereby you need the right advice to determine what exercise is safe and relevant for you. But it's just as simple as doing, you know, a little bit every day. Um, I have some mums who, you know, yes, as we're mums, we're quite busy, um, you know, walking around outside. Um, here in Australia, we've got the um, outdoor clothesline, um, the hoist, we call it, and women do laps around their clothesline. Some people do laps around their backyard. Um, whatever it is that you need to do, just start with 10 minutes a day and slowly build up. But even just doing 10 minutes of exercise that gets your heart rate up you're going to feel better because it's going to have those um your good happy go chemicals um kicking off in your body and making you feel better for the day 
Of course, the other way to help improve your physical self-care is choosing healthy and nourishing foods over highly processed ones. I'm a big believer of just, um, you know, making everything from scratch. I know sometimes that is a bit hard, but yeah, um, when I've done health education with people, um, I do say to them, think of a supermarket, where's all your fresh food and vegetables? They're all on the outer rim of the supermarket, whereas all your processed foods um, are in the aisles. So try and shop majority from the external areas of the supermarkets. Um, yeah, and then of course, like I mentioned before, having a massage or a facial is another way to take care of yourself, especially if you've got some aches or pains. Um, <clears throat> I know when I get some niggles of aches and pains, I know it's time for me to go and get a massage. Really, I should be having a massage more often than that. But that to me is a sign that, hey, I need to um, go and get that sorted because we do carry a lot of stress in our muscles. And, you know, the places that we can carry them are in our um, shoulders, our upper back, lower back, our glutes or our bottom muscles. So don't um, ignore them. You can also do self-massage too. It could be just as simple as massaging your hand. Um, you know, you could use a TENS machine if you have access to one. Um, there's a, um, those massage wands and massage things that you can put on your body and self-massage. Or ask a family member just to give you a quick, you know, massage on the shoulders. You know, they don't have to be a qualified massage therapist just to, you know, rub their hands over your muscles just to help loosen them up. Of course, then we also have um, uh, spiritual self-care. So depending on what your beliefs are, if religion is your way of self-care, then by all means, yeah go and you know attend your regular church service um i know my mum was a uh, still does now as a kid she used to take herself off to um church because that was her way of taking care of herself as a kid because she lived in a very violent household um spending time in nature is another way to um you know take care of your own spiritual self meditation incorporating regular acts of kindness into your day um i think this was a big thing a few years back just random acts of kindness but i think it's still needed today so you um see where people pay forward and pay for someone's meal or coffee it's not about oh i've done a good deed for the day it's just making yourself feel good that hey i've helped someone out who was in need um, it could be doing volunteer work, going down to your local soup kitchen or helping out with, um, you know, refugees or youth and just helping them, you know, with whatever it is that needs to be done. Um, whatever it is that helps improve your spirituality um, in terms of self-care, then that's, that's your gig. Um, and of course, as we mentioned before, keeping a gratitude journal, this isn't for everyone. But again, some people really find the benefit of sitting down every day and just reflecting for 10 minutes. Again, you could sit with your cup of tea or your coffee and just sit. And it doesn't have to be a complete gratitude journal. It could be, you know, just thoughts that come to your mind, um, you know, or you could be writing your own affirmations in that journal. Whatever it is that you want to do, um, it's your journal. You do what you like. And then, of course, in the... Um, 
I guess, the medical fraternity, they talk about self-care in two ways, being temporary or enduring. So temporary are those it's like those ones that give you the quick buzz, the quick fix. So it could be going out to dinner with a friend. You'll benefit from the social connection, but of course it won't last very long because then you part ways. But then we talk about enduring self-care and this has more long-term positive effects. So things like exercise or practicing mindfulness regularly can actually lead to positive changes within your brain, such as improvement in memory processes and regulations of emotions. I know in myself and a lot of people I talk to, when you're running on empty, your memory is just like mush. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so getting into a regular practice of something, whether it is exercise or mindfulness, will help improve, um, you know, your various body functions. So definitely think about that. And of course, like I said before, self-care activities can be anything that floats your boat or puts a smile on your face. And as I said, it doesn't have to cost a lot. It can be just simple things in life. It could be even, you know, sitting down on the floor and playing with your kids um, or just sitting and watching your kids play is a form of self-care because you're taking time out to reflect and rest. We're not, we don't have to be on the go all the time. So let me just check the comments. Yep, go to the gym five times a week, but I was told I was doing too much, but I love the gym. Hey, <laughs> everyone's got their opinion. Um, if you love going to the gym and that's your place of joy, then keep doing it, Cecilia. That's, um, you know, every, I've got friends who, I don't want to call them gym junkies, but that's their place. That's their time out from the kids. Um, by all means do it me and my girlfriend we've literally started a few months ago going swimming one morning a week yes it means I have to get up super early um, but that's my time to go and smash out a few laps and I do feel better for it so yeah whatever you know there is such a thing as overtraining but I think five times a week is not that bad um Yep, been doing it for two years straight and love it. Awesome. Glad to see everyone has some exercise as part of their self-care because it is really, really important. So here on this slide, I've just got some examples of some self-care activities. And again, the list is endless. It's everyone's perception of self-care is different. So writing in a journal, um, starting each day by paying attention to your breath for five minutes. So this is just simple breathing activities and you can do this at any part of the day as well, but it's essentially breathing in, holding and breathing out through your mouth. So you breathe in through your nose, hold, breathe out. And again, there are apps that can help you with that. I know my Garmin has a breathing activity it actually tells me if my heart rate's getting too high. And I have a giggle because sometimes it goes, oh, your heart rate's, you need to take a break. Your heart rate's elevated. I'm like, what? I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> but it will pick up when you're stressed. So just taking five minutes to just do that simple breathing in and out activity. Another activity you could do is just, as I said, checking in with your body. Um, so just doing a body scan. Um, you know, just visualizing going through like there's a scanner going through your body down and just checking in with each body part. And I'm not talking about, you know, your elbows, your hands, hips, but also your organs and saying, okay, how are you feeling today? 
um, and just taking some time to think about, oh, have I got any niggles or aches, pains, that type of thing. Setting positive intentions for the day is always a good thing too. So again, um, you know, it could be using affirmations. I have some Reiki principles that I follow and I have them up on my wall. So it says, just for today, I will not worry. Just for today, I will not anger. Just for today, I will be grateful. Just for today, I will do my work honestly. Just for today, I will be kind to every living being. So you can just have a simple little prayer um, or mantra that you can use every day or have a different one every day <clears throat> just to put yourself, um, set yourself up into that positive mindset for the day. Of course, self-care activities, they say eat breakfast. Um, that's up to you. Me, I'm not a breakfast person. I can't eat before eight o'clock, but you know, I still eat at eight o'clock. It's just a later breakfast. Um, you can put your phone on airplane mode for half an hour each night and just release yourself from the flurry of notifications. I'm a big believer of having time out from technology. I know with Apple now, you can actually have a mode where you silence it and you don't receive any calls or notifications. Um, so definitely, um, you know, I have that set that that comes on at about, um, I think, seven o'clock at night and doesn't come back on until seven, eight o'clock in the morning. So then you're not being annoyed, um, but you can have it also set that, you know, family members or close friends can still contact you and they'll come through. But anyone else trying to call you or any notifications coming through on Facebook or the various social media, you won't be disturbed. Because I think we just really need to check out because technology is with us. Our phones are with us all the time. Um, the other one is just calling a friend to say hello, um, you know, is a good way to take care of yourself. Take up a relaxing hobby when I mean that. That could be anything. So um, I used to do scrapbooking before I had children. Um, now I like to sew. I've always sewn. Some people like to crochet. I actually had a client a couple of years ago actually tell me that quilting was her go-to she said she was suffering from high blood pressure. And of course she had to take her blood pressure regularly just to see what was going on. And she actually found that when she was in her sewing room and doing quilting, her blood pressure was lower, which I thought was amazing. So obviously doing something that brings her joy helped reduce her blood pressure. So yeah, think about different activities. Could be gardening, um, could be cooking, baking, whatever it is that brings you joy, that's self-care activity. Um, don't think of it as a chore. Um, as I've said earlier, pick a bedtime and stick to it. Um, exercise daily, even if it is only 15 to 20 minutes, you'll feel good for doing it. Um, and if you haven't exercised before or you ask, you know, have some pains or have a health condition, just starting off with 10 minutes a day and building up is a good way to start. Reading a book in a peaceful spot in the garden, making a cup of tea and drinking it quietly with no distractions. Um, oh, I've got there, take up a new hobby or art and craft activity that's doubled up. It's okay. Any questions? You've passed your bedtime. I know, I could imagine we will finishing soon. Um, but you could take this as, you know, doing a self-care activity, learning about self-care. 
So this is just a little infographic I created. Um, it is on my Authentic Healthpreneurs um, page and it's also on my, um, I've got my websites at the end, my marendi.com.au and my Holistic Healer. Slightly different variations because they're different businesses. But I just find having an infographic is a good way, you know, you can save this to your phone. You can print it out. Um, you know, these are the top, my seven top self-care activities. I just, you know, there are so many, I had to pick some, but, you know, keeping active, practice, practice mindfulness, stay connected. So it could be with people or with your pets. And I think my cat, I don't know if anyone can see, she decided to join us today for this webinar workshop, eating nutritious food, listening to music, um, whatever music you like, um, it can change your mood. So I really suggest, you know, having music on in the background or if you're feeling a bit down, put on some good tunes, whether they're dance songs or classical or whatever's going to raise your mood. Um, definitely music is a way to do that quickly, especially if you're in the car. Learn a new hobby or skill. And of course, as I've said before, take time out from tech and TV because of today we don't want to be reading and watching about COVID all the time. All right. Any other questions so far? No. Okay. So the last slide is just how do you start a self-care routine? Well, essentially, you just need to figure out which activities bring you joy, rejuvenate your energy, restore your inner balance, and only you will know what that is. Don't, well, you can listen to other people and it could be just trying something new, but listen to yourself and what it is that, you know, brings you joy for me sitting down and being able to read a book for half an hour is absolute bliss because when I've got five kids I don't always have that time and start small by choosing one activity that you'd like to incorporate into your daily routine in the next week again um, I, I talk about this with my clients all the time whether it's exercise or anything else you know you need to start off with one thing first and get that happening and becoming a habit before you start other things you don't want to be doing too much at once because you'll set yourself up for failure so whether it is starting to exercise 10 minutes per day or it's doing some meditation or it's doing journaling just do that one activity for a few weeks until it becomes a habit um and as we said uh well and this next one is build up to practicing that activity every day for one week and keep going as I said for it to become a habit um, if you want to reflect on how you're feeling so you could journal your thoughts or feelings sometimes this is a good way to just check in and see if this activity is actually helping improve your self-care so if you want to keep a journal you are most welcome to or maybe the journal is part of your self-care activities um, and then just add additional activities when you feel ready you don't have to have a lot of activities um, on the next page, I've got a podcast I did when I worked at a university um, a couple of years ago, and it was the start of COVID. And because we were all in lockdown, working from home, teaching students online, me and my friend who's a radio announcer who also worked for that university decided to create a short podcast on how people can take care of themselves during this lockdown. And one of the people I interviewed, because I interviewed a lot of people from within the university and we had a psychology department and I interviewed one of the psychologists and he had the most brilliant 
self-care task and he was talking about mindfulness and he was a big tea drinker and he had in his water bottle and it was clear and I think it was one of those special tea water bottles where you can put your tea in the top and then let it um, stir or whatever oops sorry got kids getting up now um but he just showed the example and you can't see it in the podcast but because I was interviewing him over zoom I could see it but he just shook his um water bottle and he said see all the tea leaves that's your crazy brain when everything is just you know crazy and you're not thinking straight and he said if you just sit and let be all those thoughts will disappear and you'll be able to bring yourself back to the present. And he, and just watching the tea leaves swirl around and then settle was just a mindfulness activity in itself. So, you know, visualization type activities like that can help with improving your self-care. So definitely look at that as well. But that's just one I that has resonated with me and stuck with me all this time. And um, then, of course, if you need to, you can get support from professionals such as a life coach, counsellor, dietitian, therapist, exercise professional. If you are trying a new activity or you need some help starting a new activity, such as meditation, because meditation isn't, well, I shouldn't say it's easy, but it isn't easy for some people. So sometimes you need to learn different ways to meditate because um, there are many different ways of meditating and not um, one method of meditation suits everyone. I remember many, many years ago, back when my my now 17-year-olds were only like four or five, I went off and did like a weekly meditation class with a lady and she took us through many different ways of meditation. Um, there was visualization, there was using crystals, um, oh, there was whole heaps. And so not every meditation method might suit you so it you know you've got to keep trying different um, methods to find one that suits you I find guided meditation works for me listening to someone else taking me through a meditation works just find what is good for you and it could be also if you are looking at changing your eating habits and wanting to eat more nutritious nourishing food you may need to see a dietitian or a nutritionist or a naturopath to help get you on the start of that because I can tell you it is daunting seeing how many different eating plans are out there and trying to find one that suits you and one that you can stick to as well because you know like we know going on diets they're all short-lived and as I've said, you know, if you're needing help with starting exercise because you've got a particular health condition or an injury, you definitely need to seek professional assistance with that. You have a counsellor. Cool. I do too. I tell you, um, my kids think it's silly. Um, my kids have a psychologist. They have to go and see every now and again. But it's great because sometimes you need to vent to someone who's not your family or your friends and actually getting some sound guidance advice from them because they have special techniques like I know counselors <clears throat> and psychologists can actually teach you meditation as well um, they can teach you teach you mindfulness activities um, so yeah I am a big believer you know in seeing a counselor psychologist as you need to some people go monthly some people do it when, as they need so uh, yeah there's nothing wrong with doing that. Thank you for sharing, Cecilia. All righty, that's me. I think I've rambled on enough for today. You have been listening to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. To ensure you don't miss an episode, remember to subscribe.
If you are enjoying this series, please leave us a review. 